Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I am a civil litigation attorney based in Washington, D.C., a mentor to women in recovery, a journalist, an author, most recently of the book, 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life, and a TEDx speaker. If you would kindly hit the like button on my TEDx talk, which is called Turning Life's Challenges into a Force for Good, I would greatly appreciate it because I think it has the capacity to help many people not feel so alone with their life's challenges. I cover a lot of things in that 14 minute talk, including uh, sexual violence, um, finding out about unknown parentage, uh, biracial issues, divorce, empty nesting. So it really packs a punch and could help a lot of people. If you want to learn more about me and my work, go to marialeonardolson.com. And at that site, you can get links to my TEDx talk and all my social media. So today I'm excited to welcome to the show, Jen Berlingo. She is a midlife coach, a licensed professional counselor in the state of Colorado, a nationally registered art therapist, and a master level Reiki practitioner. After two decades of midwifing hundreds of women through life's major transitions and experiencing her own passage through a fiery midlife portal, she was inspired to write Midlife Emergence to accompany other women in tra traversing their midlife journeys. Jen also is a visual artist who creates custom pieces for collectors worldwide and exhibits her fluid abstract art locally in her beloved town of Boulder, Colorado. There, among the sunny foothills, Jen can be found making bottomless bowls of popcorn and snuggling on the couch with her unconventional family, her coven of close friends, and her rescue cats. You can learn more about Jen on her website, jenberlingo.com. And the show notes contains links to all of her social media, links for buying her fabulous new book, links to her Etsy shop, her Pinterest, her other kinds of information and inspiration. And you can find it all on the show notes. So let's get right to it. Welcome, Jen. Hi. Thanks, Maria. Glad to be here. So I guess I'd like to start with your unconventional family, because I suspect that your personal journey led to a lot of the work and changes in midlife for you. So if you'd like to share with the listeners why you call your family unconventional. Sure. Yeah. Um, thank you for the intro. Yeah, that was a lot about my professional life. Um, personally, I am a recently divorced 47-year-old queer mom to a non-binary teenager, um, I live full-time in my place with my two cats, half-time with my kid because we have 50-50 custody, and my girlfriend is here uh, with us about half the time as well. So, um, yeah, I say unconventional because after going through the midlife transition that I did, um, I was with my ex-husband, Craig, for 21 years, married for 17 of them, and, um, and our kid is 16. And we have remained very close. We are still best friends. He lives down the street. Uh, I was at his house for dinner last night. Um, 
And so in some ways people consider that unconventional because we are still close. Um, and part of the reason for our reforming our relationship into a new shape really um, was that in my own midlife passage through my forties, I realized um, that it was time for me to fully express my sexuality more. And I'd always known I was queer, but um, it was a time for me to actually live in that way and feel more congruent with my insides and outsides. So, um, so I had a girlfriend, I have a girlfriend for the first time in my life in my forties. And um, yeah, she's with us a lot of the time as well. And my friends feel like family they're around too. So um, for some people that's unconventional. I just think families can take all kinds of shapes these days. Definitely. And I think, I mean, I also wrote a book called Not the Cleaver Family, The New Normal mm. in Modern American Families. And my son is gay too. And mm -hmm. I think that it's probably going to take one more generation before um, people don't even ask if you're in a heterosexual union or homosexual, it won't matter. It still right. matters, I think, uh, especially for the older generation. But I am yeah. very, very hopeful that things are going to continue to change for the better. Me too. I sincerely hope that Gen X is the last generation to have succumbed to compulsory heterosexuality, um, which is, <clears throat> you know, the theory that patriarchal society expects and enforces heterosexuality and as the norm. And I also just see in my child's generation, um, you know, so many of their friends are non-binary and gender fluid. And that is something that I feel like older generations are having a harder time um, coming to terms with, but that's also shifting. Just all of these old stagnant boxes around sexuality and gender um, are hopefully you know, blowing apart, <laughs> like the binary is blowing apart in all of these different ways, which is really exciting. Yes, absolutely. So then you moved from helping people on an individual basis to more of a national platform through this new book, Midlife Emergence, which really just is, is so very new. I encourage you all to buy the book, which you can get on request at any bookstore or the library or order it quickly at Amazon. And mm -hmm. Midlife Emergence, it is, here, I'll read you a short, a short bit of the description and then you can elaborate. Midlife Emergence mm -hmm. is a revelatory memoir and an inviting guidebook. It is a compassionate companion that belongs on the bedside table of every woman who is burning to reclaim powerful parts of herself that social conditioning locked away. Midlife doesn't need to be a crisis or an emergency. Rather, it's an emergence, an opportunity to make those beautiful, unexpressed facets shamelessly visible. So tell us, uh, how did you emerge in midlife and then in turn share your lessons with so many others sure yeah i mean i have been working for about 20 years with um different clients mostly women who are going through different life phases different life transitions um a lot of course life crisis stuff and and midlife crisis which isn't a word that i like i think it sort of centers the male experience and um it doesn't have to be a crisis like you read there um i feel like reframing that as an emergence, which means 
coming into view, um, becoming more fully exposed after being previously concealed. So for my own story, it really felt resonant um, to unveiling in midlife what had been feeling invisible in me so that um, I could shed some of the social, familial, and cultural conditioning that I had succumbed to a bit in the first half of my life. So um, so after you know guiding clients through a lot of those experiences and you know starting to feel this rumbling in my early 40s that felt like something in me that was unexpressed needed to be expressed um actually in several facets i talk mostly about my relationship and my sexuality in the book um but even in my career and in my parenting and in my friendships and my relationship to my family of origin a lot of that um came up to the surface for me to sort of reevaluate um like most of my clients i'm a recovering good girl, sort of the way I put it, who's done all the right things, met the expectations, um, you know, to create a life that I should want, but then still feeling unsatisfied, which is also a pattern I saw in many clients. And making changes at this stage of life can feel disruptive because the stakes can feel really high uh, when you're in midlife, because sometimes we're settled into, you know, relationships, careers, mortgages, parenting, you know, and it, it's hard to have this, um, roadmap or even to have cheerleaders for helping to, I don't know, unfurl, I guess, into a more aligned way of being in the world. So we're tempted to stay in these safe, stagnant habits because it's difficult to face that voice that says, you know, is there more? I want more. And for me, it felt like I had to muster the courage to really um, explore what my personal more might look like and to not know what was on the other side. Um, of that mystery of like what that even will look like and try to go after it. So um, yeah, so the book really reveals this story of how I traversed it and I wrote it from within the messy experience of it. It's not like I wrote it afterwards and mm. said, okay, it's all great and tied up in a bow. It's actually pretty um, raw. And I did that intentionally as I wrote. And then when I went back to edit, I decided to keep it, um, you know, where I was really at the time and how it felt so that I hope that other people can be inspired to reveal, explore and reveal their own personal truths in a way that's like not tidied up um, in this presented way that we might on social media or something like that. I just feel like there needs to be a lot more of that honesty in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. But did it, did it, well, when I wrote my prescriptive memoir, 50 after 50, after, well, the first book talk I did and my parents were in the audience and all of a sudden I felt really self-conscious. Did you have any of that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, as I wrote my book, I, I did go back and, you know, kind of re-examine some childhood messaging and um, I was nervous for my mom to read my book and I gave her the advanced reader copy digitally um, a few months before, you know, my book came out and just held my breath and lost sleep <laughs> waiting for her to finish it so that we could have this big hard conversation or what I envisioned might be. Um, and my mom is a wonderfully thoughtful, caring, loving mom. And, you know, I'm a mom myself and I know that um, we have the best intentions in raising our kids. And sometimes, you know, we do things out of the time and the place, you know, from which we were raised. Um, so there was, we did have that conversation and it wasn't nearly as hard as I, um, I thought it might be, but I, I do have that, or I did have that trepidation about it while writing it. That was one of the biggest, um, just emotional challenges for me. And 
um, I feel put at ease a lot more around it. I mean, of course, there are more talks to be had, and I'm always looking for more bridges uh, to deeper connection with her and with all of my family. Um, so I'm hoping my book can be that in a lot of ways. Oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, it, it's it's raw, but it, it is a guidebook and it is mm -hmm. very needed in this space for both the LGBT community. I mean, many of us in middle age and older were, as you say, socially conditioned to not even accept it as a possibility that our sexuality right. might be anything other than hetero. And yeah. so I think it's brave and needed that this book is in the world. So how about your children? What have has their feedback been like? Um, yeah, I have one child and they're 16 and um, they've been really encouraging throughout the whole process of not only um, my divorce and, you know, just watching me day to day go through all of the changes that I have. Um, they've been really understanding and like, yeah, astonishingly encouraging, even from age, I guess it was 12 or so when a lot of this uh, began when they were 12. Um, they've known since they were born that I'm queer, um, mm -hmm. even being in a heteronormative appearing marriage. Um, I've always been really open about about that. And so that part wasn't a surprise so much uh, to them. But you know, they just have said, Mom, I'm so proud of you for living your truth. And for me, it's really important to model that to, um, you know, not to disappoint oneself. I, I don't want to teach them to disappoint themselves in order to, you know, make other people happy. It's like really just living um, as authentically as possible. So uh, they haven't read the whole book yet. Um, and they asked yesterday, should I, could I read it? So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I'm open to that and um, I hope they, they enjoy it. And, you know, things change so quickly that I feel like um, in the book, I talk about their um, coming out as gender fluid in like the epilogue part, but throughout the book, as I was writing it, um, yeah, they were not that. So it's that part has, has shifted too. It's just funny how a book is a stagnant <laughs> object in some way. Snapshot, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh that's an interesting piece there but um yes. yeah I'm excited yes and in my book because it contained a fair amount of personal information about me and my family um mm -hmm. I was worried about it and I did speak my truth but I did have my sister-in-law read it and she persuaded me of the wisdom of taking out a couple of things and mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad that they're not in there um, just to preserve third party confidentiality. So, or totally. privacy rather. So I get it. I get it. And it's helpful to have another pair of eyes. And, and I'm so happy for you that your child is so accepting and supportive. That's wonderful. We don't often get feedback as parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I feel lucky about that. And and yeah, I relate to what you said as far as like having other eyes on it. I had some early readers do the same thing who've known me, you know, most of my life. And um, and it really was challenging to walk that line between telling my truth and respecting the privacy of people that I deeply love. That's a yes. dance, you know, and I feel like um, I feel good about what is in there and what isn't at this great, point. Great. And not only do you have this book, but you also 
do still do one-on-one support coaching. Mm -hmm. You also have courses that accessible through your website. And can you tell us a bit about, well, let's start with the courses. What types of courses do you offer? Sure. Um, So I have been running a midlife emergence kind of group guidance program um, for the last couple of years, which has been really great to have going on alongside writing and finishing this book. Um, I have a new group um, that will begin this fall for that. And in the meantime, um, I actually just opened enrollment on a book club to read um, midlife emergence alongside me. I'm hosting the book club. Oh, nice. um, yeah, so people can have access to it starts on April 26th. And, um, and each week we'll meet for four meetings and go through the book together. And I can, you know, be there for Q&A or just for firsthand um, insights and extra content um, during the, the book club. And then after that, I'm going to be rolling out some other deeper dive, um, self-paced, but guided uh, courses about different themes that are in my book. Um, one about queer emergence, um, one about the more, I call it witch emergence, but really about like the more subversive aspects um, and kind of magical aspects of um, that are presented in the book. And then soul emergence about like, what is really yours to do? What what are you here um, in this life to leave the legacy for? So um, I'm going to be doing those soon. And um, yeah, and then the larger group was started up in the fall. And I do work with um, one-on-one midlife coaching clients as well. And I have wow. different packages available for that on my website. Wow. Um, you're going to be very busy on a book tour. So people who are lucky to be your clients um, who have already signed up are very lucky. So your book, you. your book cover is beautiful. And I know that you are an artist as well. And much of your Thank art you. is abstract. So is the cover representative of your art or actually your art? It is my art. Yes, um, uh, that is one of my paintings. Um, and I love that it it kind of mirrors the fiery mood of the book and yes. um, sort of this inviting portal kind of a feeling of like moving through this midlife portal or, and a rebirthing, uh, which I also feel like this time of life is. So um, yeah, I feel really happy with uh, with having my art on the cover and that's just another way that I express myself um, in the world. And, you know, that's why I hang out on Instagram more than any other social media, because I'm a very visual person. So I just really get inspired by other artists there and um, just love sharing my, my work that way. Yes, yes. And it also has an added bonus of having a rainbow-ish hue, which brings in thoughts of the yes. LGBTQIA plus community, which is beautiful. So you also offer on your website a free gift for women in midlife, a downloadable guide to be one's Mm -hmm. companion going toward freeing inner fire during midlife transition. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Yeah, that is um, a guidebook that it's actually a really beautiful PDF that um, brings some of these concepts um, it just highlights like what is midlife, what is emergence, you know, and sort of brings in some of the concepts and introduces them, um, things that are in my book and in my programs, and walks the reader through um, some prompts that are journaling prompts and other, um, I think in the guidebook, it's mostly the journaling prompts. I think there is actually one artistic prompt um, that's in there. And so it gives a little flavor of what you might find in my book and what you might find in my programs um, or working with me individually. 
my my book being a teaching memoir is you know mostly my story but the end of each chapter i do offer um, journaling art and personal ritual and ceremony type prompts um, just pulling different facets of my um, my career my expertise and as being a counselor and an art therapist and a ceremonialist and a reiki master so i weave all of that in as offerings to the reader to really go on their own self-inquiry journey um, through midlife so that free downloadable guidebook is just like a a taste it's beautiful and tell us a bit about your oracle cards too is that your art on the back of each it is yeah um my oracle deck is called the soul space oracle um i've been selling it on etsy for seven years i guess mm. um it was at a time before everyone and their brothers started making oracle decks um but yeah those are all um each card is my own um kind of intuitive watercolor painting with a word on it. And um, I use them, it's a 60 card deck. I, I pull cards like, actually I pulled one before our talk today and I pulled the card that says grounded. So um, nice. I like to pull cards. I've been doing that really since uh, middle school. <laughs> so, um, so I decided to make my own deck years ago and I just self-publish it and sell it, um, sell it on Etsy still. I ship them all over the world every week actually, so. Um, it's a fun little side project, I guess. Yes, yes. So I know that your book just came out um, this month. Mm -hmm. Where are some of the places that our listeners can come and see you give book talks? Have you worked out your schedule yet? Um, not all of it yet. I do know that I will be in my hometown of Boulder, Colorado, June 28th at the Boulder Bookstore, um, giving a talk and reading and signing there. Um, I'm going to be at a book festival in Berkeley, California, nice. um, the first weekend of May. Um, and I'll have a table there where you can come meet me and get a book. Um, yeah, and I'm planning some others for the summer that aren't solidified yet. So um, I know I'll be in Denver as well. I'm just not sure which which date, um, which is fairly local to me. But yeah, and I'm doing a lot online as well. So um, I'm firming it up still. Yeah, great, great. Well, I hope that it will encompass the East Coast so that we can meet in person as well. Me too. It should. My family's in Virginia, so I'm hoping to come out there. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. What part of Virginia? Virginia Beach. That's where okay. I grew up. All right, great. So what brought you to Colorado? I moved to Colorado in 2002 for graduate school at Naropa University um, mm -hmm. for my master's program. And um, then I was just here three years and then I left and went to Virginia and then I went to the Bay Area for about 10 years and then moved back here in 2018. Yeah, mm -hmm. 2018. Um, and so, yeah, I just returned because it's such a beautiful place and I, I loved, I formed a lot of community here during graduate school that are still my closest people. So um, it's been great living well, here again. Naropa University is described as a Buddhist oriented school for experiential and co contemplative education. My gosh, mm -hmm. I didn't know such or institutions existed. What does that mean? <laughs> such an awesome <laughs> school. Yeah, um, it really appealed to me when I was looking at different programs for art therapy at the time in 2001-ish, uh, I guess, when I was researching that there were only about I want to say like 25 or something accredited art therapy programs in the country. And so that narrowed it down quite a bit because I knew I wanted to get the counseling license and the art therapy um, accreditation, uh, cred credential. And um, 
Yeah. So when I looked at different programs, that one just stood out a third of the training about is in mindfulness meditation and really looking at the therapist self and how to hold your seat and how to really be with people um, in service of people without going through burnout and compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma and really like centering the self before serving others. And um, it was really unique in that way. And it blended the art therapy part and the counseling part. So it just was um, a well-rounded program for me to attend. And um, yeah, I've really, I still feel so fortunate that I was trained in that way because I don't think I could do the work I do uh, being such an empath and sensitive soul (laughs) without knowing how to really care for myself um, while I'm doing it. Definitely. I think... um not only did your education benefit so many of your clients and your readers, but it undoubtedly benefited, benefited you on a personal level. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I, I can't wait to meet you when you make your way to the East coast. And I love the book midlife emergence, free your inner fire, which you all who are listening should do yourself the favor and get a copy of because it is really fabulous, written by a very successful artist, mentor, coach, trained in many different disciplines. And it draws from all her experiences, both personal and professional, to provide this guidebook. And yet, I don't think you have to be in midlife to benefit from this book. No, not necessarily. I really feel like, um, well, midlife spans, you know, I, I have clients in their late 30s and clients in their mid to late 60s who are all doing sort of the similar kind of work but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's for anyone who is wondering like is this all there is or really wants to um, untangle you know what they were brought up to feel from what actually feels congruent with their core self so you can be in any phase of life really and doing that um, just to really claim your sovereignty um, and inspire it hopefully inspires that in people. Yes, thank you. So I ask all of our guests on the show the following question. What do you do to become your best version? Um, Lately for me, I want to say it's about like not falling asleep, not being complacent and always trying to be awake and curious um, in my life to, you know, observe my own patterns and question them and try on things that are outside of my comfort zone. Um, I recently, I saw this meme that said your comfort zone will kill you. And I totally (laughs) feel like that in midlife. Like we all want safety and security that feels good to our nervous systems. Yeah. um, I'm not trying to blow my adrenals out or anything, but in midlife, I have felt almost allergic to the stagnation. Um, I always want to be moving and growing and pushing the edges within myself. So um, yeah, I think that the best version of me is one that's constantly seeking growth and new experience um, in this one life that we get. Yeah, indeed. I'm very conscious that I have lived more life than I have ahead of me. And I want Mm -hmm. to drink fully from the cup of this life. And I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed and that you birthed this beautiful, beautiful missive into the world that all of us can benefit from. So thank you. Thank you for taking time Mm. out. I know you have other appearances today and yet you fit the podcast in. So I appreciate that. So everyone go to jenberlingo.com. 
to access her book, her artwork, her courses, her coaching services. Follow her on all the social media and uh, do yourself a favor, live through your most, live your most authentic life and use this book, Midlife Emergence, to help you get there quickly. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Maria. That was great. And it's so good to meet you. And I hope to meet you in person as well. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you.